Welcome to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hine. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for your time. As I say every time, thank you very much for finding the time to listen to the show. Uh, always appreciated uh, with so many, there's so many great stuff, uh, great podcasts out there. It's just, it's crazy to to um, to to think about all of the amazing uh, work being put up there and uh, thank you for coming around and listening to this show interview this week is with a writer by, by the name of david driver and uh, came up with a book called hoop dreams in europe american basketball players building careers overseas uh, brought it out uh, in uh, early march of this of this year and uh, wanted to get his opinion about yeah, about Americans coming over here to Europe, uh, how America sees uh, sees um, European basketball, uh, also impact of uh, Europeans on the game in the United States, not just the NBA, but also college basketball. Obviously, more and more Europeans heading over to the college, uh, going the college route. Um, so that is the interview coming up a little bit later. David Driver. Uh, before that, we uh, want to talk to uh, talk about the uh, big three, the story that we're watching. Yeah, it's the club breakdown of the uh, uh, for the European club competitions. Obviously, with the with the Euroleague uh, Turkish Euro, Turkish Airlines Euroleague finishing off. Uh, congratulations to Anadolu Efes for the uh, for the um, uh, for the going back to back. And um, yeah, so now it's just trying to figure out who plays, who's going to be playing which competition uh, between the EuroLeague, Euro Cup, and the Basketball Champions League. I guess FIBA Euro Cup as well. Um, but obviously, those three uh, is kind of the, the main, the main three to figure out. Um, you know, obviously, Virtus Bologna getting a spot in the EuroLeague by winning the Euro Cup. You know. Whew, you know, can't imagine the Russian teams are going to be playing there. Um, so where, you know, who takes those spots in the EuroLeague? Uh, when will the announcement be made? I imagine it has to be made pretty soon because these clubs need to start slowly but surely forming rosters for next season, and they need to know which competition they're going to be playing in. Um, so, yeah, Chips... Uh, chips are going to start being dropped. Uh, you know, dominoes falling. Figuring out where, who goes where, which, who goes in which competition, and uh, really, that's uh, some much more than in the past. I think this is the year where it's really going to be kind of crazy. Um, actually, uh, Moshe Bard uh, from the Early Sweet Sixteen talked about uh, talked about uh, the craziest summer ever. Um, that's on the Gone Traveling show, which will be available, uh, which is available um, very, very soon. Um, actually, by, by the time by the time you listen to this, it should probably be out there, uh, out there again. That was uh, recorded yesterday, time of recording yesterday, and uh, probably try to get it out today um, as an extra post here from the Taking the Charge Substack. Um, so that's the story we're watching. Uh, probably won't be decided now uh, in the next couple of days, but. Definitely in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, young player. Um, anytime we can talk about Victor Lemanyana, uh, it's a great time to talk about him. But I uh, wanted to bring him up because he was not included in the 16-man roster for France uh, for the summer window for the uh, 
What is that? I guess this is the World Cup 2023 European qualifier, so he's not actually on the roster. He's not on the in the training camp for that, which kind of begs the question, uh, maybe they just want to give him a little bit of rest after the season, this being really his first, yeah, longer professional season that he's been going through, and um, maybe to give him a little bit of rest before he joins the France roster for Eurobasket. I can't imagine, and I would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't get uh, brought to uh, to uh, to Eurobasket. Um, it just doesn't seem. It just makes only sense that he's there. That he gets, he has no pressure. He can just take in, you know, being with all these great players, and you know, just go out there and do his thing without any expectations, really. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he's not on the roster for the for the window. Uh, but again, I can't. I cannot imagine. I would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't. Um, event that we're watching: uh, NBA playoffs. I really haven't been watching the NBA much this season, but we're kind of getting down to the to the final decision to be made: who's going to NBA Finals. You know, obviously, East Con- East Eastern Conference, uh, Miami and Boston are tied two two uh, with non-competitive games. So I imagine these last. Uh, you know, this last best of three basically now um, well, should be a little bit cl- tighter, I would imagine. Um, and then in the other, in the other, uh, on the in the Western Conference, uh, Golden State. Uh, well, I guess the Mavs stopped uh, from stopped the um, uh, Warriors from doing a sweep, and it's now three and one. Obviously, it's a, it would be a huge, uh, huge uphill battle for the for the Mavs to get to the to the finals um so yeah uh you know i wake up pretty early and uh, uh but really haven't been watching much nba but i'll probably start kind of you know turn it tuning in now and because this is now really stakes are, are getting higher and higher so um yeah let's get to our sneak peek uh, sneak peek of our uh, interview with our taking the charge prospects podcast uh it's part of the paid subscription to the taking the charge Substack. um go on there and become a paid subscriber, and you get the you get the taking the charge prospects podcast, as well as the full archives of the Talking Talent show. And uh, this week we did Jacob Patrick, a 2003 born German, playing with uh, MHP Reason Ludwigsburg, and uh, nice chat with him, and um, from a couple months ago. And um, so this is my chat with him, and we'll catch you on the other side. Uh, maybe just, just, you know, where do you, uh, where do you see your, your game right now? What are some of the things that you're working on? Um, right now, um, I'd say I want to be more active on the ball. I want to be, um, have more responsibility on the ball. So, um, I've been a point guard in, um, growing up, so... I can play point guard, but so far I haven't been um, in the pro competitions. So that's what I want to do a little bit more. Um, actually, not a little bit more, but I want to do more is um, have the ball more in my hands to make uh, more decision decisions to also that contributes to being a leader. Just making more decisions on the ball. Um, that's what I want to still get better at. Um, I, I'm pretty confident in my game and I know I can do it so um, 
Okay, there's still room for improvement for sure. A lot of room for improvement. I'm only 18 years old and I um, believe that I can be a lot, a lot better than I am right now. Okay, so um, yeah, there's actually rumblings that uh, J- uh, head coach uh, John Patrick, his father, will not be back next season. He that, that he wants to actually uh, coach a year in Japan. Um, pr- probably make quite a bit more money, um, uh, but that is uh, that's the rumor going on around right now. That uh, and it's kind of wondering, you know, kind of leaves you wondering what uh, uh, Jacob Patrick is going to do. Um, you know, if his uh, if his father's out, uh, I'd imagine he'd stick around. Uh, but really, don't know. Uh, still, it's um, you know very very incre- a very interesting young young player and uh, really showing what he can do and and um, yeah, I mean uh, you know at that age, you know already playing a pretty solid role. Obviously, in the playoffs right now, the role's going a little bit a little bit down but still you know uh, playing in a, a pretty important piece uh in the rotation uh all right so let's get to the let's get to the interview of the week um as i mentioned uh talked to a uh, journalist from the from the u.s who's actually been over here in europe a couple of times and um i'd been in contact with him every now and again and uh and uh, so as i noticed that he wrote a book uh called hoop dreams in europe talking um, about American basketball players building careers overseas and thought it would be perfect uh, to have him on the show and talk about the book. So uh, go check out the book. Um, and uh, and here's here's my interview with him where he talks about the, the book, among other things. So David Driver uh, is the interview. And uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. So on the Taking the Charge podcast this week is uh, David Driver, freelance journalist, author, uh, living in Maryland near uh, both D.C. and Baltimore, Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. Uh, David, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, David. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, gladly, gladly. Um, so the reason why I wanted to have you on, uh, is because we actually kind of do the same thing. <laughs> um, I, uh, it, so the, uh, you authored a book called hoop dreams in Europe, American basketball players, uh, American basketball players building careers overseas. And you take a look at, uh, uh um, nearly 20, uh, different players, uh, over the, uh, uh, all across, all across the continent. And, um, and, uh, I don't, I don't know if you have a, um, I don't know if it's an aha moment or how you want to call it, but I remember, so I was, I was actually a big college basketball fan and, uh, and, uh, for me, when the, when they, when the players didn't make it to the NBA, they basically fall off the face of the earth for me. And, uh, um, Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then, and then I came over here to Europe. And I started noticing some guys. So I'm from Chicago and, and, and kind of followed more Chicago or, or local uh, basketball. And uh, I saw uh, Richard, uh, Richard Griffith, uh, who went to King. And then he also went to Wisconsin. That was actually high school. And then I saw mm-hmm. Tommy Kleinschmidt, who was actually in Japan. And then I saw like Ben Allen, who I think was at Indiana. And he was out here. Actually, Ben Allen may have been in 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 in, in Hungary, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, and and the significance of that we'll, we'll get to in a minute. Um, so basically, I, and it was this newspaper clippings, or or no, it was actually no, it wasn't even newspaper. It was, I think this was actually the very beginning of the internet. 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, and yeah. I saw some box scores. I'm like, wait a minute, is that that guy? Like the beginnings of Eurobasket.com, which anybody yeah. who is worth anything in, 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 in basketball, in the basketball world, you know, that's like the Bible. I don't know what happened if they, if that site were to ever go down. Um, oh so, my so, yeah. so, so that's kind of like my introduction to European or, or international basketball mm-hmm. or basketball mm-hmm. outside of the United States. Um, how did you even uh, sort of, what was your, what was your sort of uh, first, you know, uh, you know, tiptoe steps into the, into the world of basketball outside of America? Yeah, that, that's a great segue, David. Um, you know, I, I, I got out of college in the 1980s. I'm from Virginia. Um, I worked for my hometown paper in, in Harrisonburg, Virginia in, in the eighties. And I did, I do remember doing stories on local um, players, uh, and I'm, that's where James Madison University is. So um, I do remember doing stories on mostly men that went overseas. But um, actually, and now I think about there's a guy from my high school, I think had a long career in Sweden. And of course, back in the, say, 70s, you know, that was kind of still new for Americans to go overseas. Um, but I guess my aha moment, um, so moving to Hungary in 2003, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I left my job at a weekly paper in Maryland. Um, my wife had a job, had a job as a professor in Seged, Hungary. So we had two daughters. I knew pretty much I just needed to get them to school um, and, and cook dinner. Um, but you're right. Once I once they were in school in the mornings, I discovered Eurobasket.com. Um, I did. I do remember calling. I tracked down a guy who played at Bucknell before we moved to Hungary. And I just remember talking to him on the phone and I found out that he had played, I think he had played in Hungary, but he definitely played in Europe. So I had a bunch of questions for him. Like, how does this work? Um, How much do you get paid? Um, You know, how how often do you play? I didn't realize you only played one game a week. And and I write about this in in the forward. Um, These are all these questions I had. And so, um, yeah, those are kind of my aha moments, but, once we got to Seged, um, I started getting on Eurobasket.com and checking to see what Americans were in Hungary. And at that point, there were maybe two per team. So there were maybe 20 guys in Hungary. So I started trying to track those, track them down, um, either by email, mostly by email. So, um, yeah, that's how it got started. Um, at that point, Seged was not in the A-League in Hungary. So there were no imports in, in Seged. Um, so I had to take a train an hour north to uh, the city between Budapest and Seged to track down the Americans. And uh, uh, my first one was for the alumni magazine at Appalachian State in North Carolina. So um, on Chad McClendon, who had a nice career overseas. So that's kind of how it got started, David. Yeah, I mean, that's and then and that was sort of the idea then for me is because, like I said, you know, we kind of were doing the same thing. It's like um, you, you you go, you think, OK, so you're you're, you're kind of looking for work and you're like, OK, well, you know, this guy, because for, for, for those in, um, uh, for, for, for those who, non-Americans listening to the show, it's, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to really understand how big these players are in, in America while in college. I mean, you know, college, you look at the college, uh, you know, you watch the games and you f- see all this excitement. There's huge excitement. There's huge following of all of these players. Um, and, and then, so, like I said, it's like you, they do fall off the face of the earth, um, if they don't make it to the NBA and really there was the only NBA then. And, and, um, and then, so you, you could like, okay, well, the, you know, for the newspapers, um, 
you know, it's like, you know, where are they now pieces, you know? Um, and, 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 and you're, 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 you're becoming an expert in, uh, in finding this, the name of the sports editor at a newspaper. (laughs) I, so not only newspapers, David, and and alumni magazines as well, publications. I I will thank, thank you to those editors out there at alumni magazines who quote, got it. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't a sports story. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it is, but it's more than that. And you know this. Um, moving overseas, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I know if I would have been 21 years old and moved overseas by myself, I wasn't mature enough. You know, I never was good enough at basketball um, to, to, to play at that level. But I can just imagine what it's like to, to move overseas when you're 20, 21 years old. You might be in a country where the coach doesn't speak English. Um, so anyway, um, you're right. And, you know, I, and you probably sports talk radio in, in America, you know, they take digs, you know, once the draft is over and a guy isn't drafted by the NBA. And of course now it's only two rounds, but like they're, they poo poo, you know, like, well, send us a postcard from Europe. And, and they, they really look down on it. And it's, and these are people that I'll admit they have not been to Europe. They don't know how it works. I'm like thinking, you know, you could make fun of these guys, but they're going to go overseas for 10 years. They're going to make tax-free money. If they make wise decisions, they can have a nice career. Okay, yeah, they're maybe not making $2 million a year in the NBA, but as you know, you know, in France, Spain, you know, they can make a good living, even in Hungary or Romania or wherever. So, um, yeah, for the, for the American sports talk show host that puts down overseas basketball, it's like, well, you can make a nice career at it. And you become, and you become legends over here. You know, I mean, you you think of even small guys, uh, you know, even in the States who, you know, like Kyle Hines, you know, who's, Mm -hmm. who's, you know, you know, reached legendary status, you know, you have a connection uh, with, with Eric McCollum, you know, Eric McCollum is, has, has, is, is one of the greatest players in the history of the, of, of the Euro cup. Um, you know, there's, you know, Mike James, I guess Mike James had, had, had a little bit of time in the NBA, but you know, all all of these guys who, you know, have, have had huge careers in Europe, you know, they, you know, the the people back in in the United States might be thinking, ah, who's this guy really again? I don't really remember. Did he do something, you know, it maybe one, you know, maybe a sweet 16 or something like that, where you may have remembered the name, uh, you know, in the NCAA tournament, um, well, why don't we kind of so 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 you're in Hungary then, and and uh, and and what kind of um, how did you kind of uh, so so the book is called uh, uh, Hoop Dreams in, in Europe: uh, American Basketball Players uh, uh, American Basketball Players Building Careers Overseas. Um, you know, this is a book that's probably you know more than just uh, a couple of years in the making. Um, why don't maybe how did you kind of go through the idea of of you know, um, you know, taking what you actually had and, and, uh, and maybe putting it together. What was, what was sort of the thought process on that? Yeah. So I, 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 I had notes from like 2010 where I wanted to do this book. Um, and, uh, just it, the timing wasn't right, you know, raising a family and things like that. Um, but then since our daughters are grown, my wife, my wife and I are fortunate to make return trips to Europe. Um, we went to Belgium in 2017, um, she had a fellowship 2018-2019 academic year, and that got us to Russia and Poland and Portugal. 
places I'd never been to before. So every time we would make return trips to Europe, I would try to track down American men or women and, and meet them and do a story for, again, a hometown paper, alumni magazine. Um, and then we got to Spain, you know, being careful during the pandemic. Uh, we got to Spain in the fall, got to see two women's games there, got to a practice for the men in Seville. So once we got back from, from Spain in October, it was like, okay, I've now interviewed Americans in 18 different countries. It's taken 18 years. It's like, okay, the, the timing might be right to do this. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's how it kind of came together. Um, I, a lot of it is stories I've done before and I just simply updated a lot of it, but then I, I did an afterward and a forward to get in more pertinent information. As you know, a big, a big topic right now is American women in the WNBA in terms of, you know, they almost are forced to go overseas and play two seasons. They play in the summer in the WNBA and they have to go overseas to play in the winter to make a living. So that's been a big topic of discussion. I actually did a story in 2019 on that for, um, for a, an organization out in Arizona State. And then that's really been in the news a lot just the last few weeks. Um, the book actually came out um, right before the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the Brittany Grenier situation. So that's not in the book. Um, I don't know how much I would have touched on it anyway. Um, uh, I'm not politically <laughs> versed. That's not my background. But some people have asked me about that. There's, uh, there's, um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, so you, you not only have, uh, you know, you know, 18 countries in, in Europe, but you also have men and women's basketball. Um, was that basically just a product of, you know, uh, you know, you have all of these stories and, uh, and, and also want to have a, as wide an audience as possible to have the, the, the men and women in the game? Yeah. I, I mean, that's one thing I, I really do feel good about is that um, there's, I'd say 10 of the chapters are on American women and, and, and a lot of the, the afterward is as well. Um, my, my, uh, my cousin's daughter in Virginia, she was a really good player at James Madison university. Um, Kirby Burkholder, she was actually the CAA player of the year, her senior year. She's been overseas for about eight years. So she's included in the book. Um, she's been very helpful on the project. I, I've talked to different journalists. I know some people that cover, um, uh, women's college basketball in the U.S. I've not been able to find any book like this, to be honest. I'm not saying it's a great book, but I've not been able to find another book that has so much content about American women. Um, I've actually not been able to find anything. Um, I've, I've found a couple books by American men who kept diaries and then published it as a book. Um, when they got back, I found two of those, but I've, I've never seen really anything on American women playing basketball in Europe. Um, I mean, sure, there's, there's been a lot of stories. I just don't know if it's been in a book format. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and how did you, um, and so we're, we're so, so one of the things that, that, um, that, you know, you mentioned that that you 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 kind of pick and, and and choose when you when you have these countries when you're visiting these countries that you also have a uh, um, uh, that you you know that you're that you're going and, and, and doing the interviews um, when maybe just talk about uh, about the the how much how much better of an experience you think it is uh, and 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 that much better of a story that you're able to tell 
because you're actually on site with that person and kind of, you know, cause I I've done plenty of interviews with players, you know, also for some of these alumni magazines or from, for newspapers in the States and where you call and, and you have, you know, a series of calls or you have a series of interviews, email, whatever. Um, but, you know, just, I mean, obviously it's a total different story because you, you, you see them in their atmosphere. Um, you know, there's the color that you can, you know, there's the family situation, you know, there's the joking with the teammates that you, you know, you couldn't even come close to, to, you know, recreating, um, if you're not. So, so, you know, was, was that one of the, 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 the keys for you is that, you know, or, or maybe just talk about how much better of a story it is when you're able to be there. Oh, I, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're right. You can do a phone interview. We've now learned how to do zoom interviews, but I mean, I don't think you can replace, you know, I'll just, for, I'll throw out a couple examples. I mean, um, my wife and I just got, to, went to Ireland in, in, in March and uh, for, for about a week and two American guys came to our hotel and, you know, had coffee with them and uh, did a story on, on one of them for a paper in North Carolina. Um, you know, when we went to Portugal um, a couple of years ago, we, in Lisbon, we were at a coffee shop. My wife came along and uh, a young woman from Davidson University, we, it was her first year overseas. She was playing in Lisbon. And, um, you know, it's, it's always better to see a person in person and you get the color, especially for this type of story, you want you want a photo or you want a description that's that screams Europe. And and I'll be honest, um, I think the photos make the stories so much more better. I mean, um, you know, if I can and nowadays, you know, the athlete themselves can send send you action photos of them playing in the Euro League, but it's really great to get a photo of them. Um, you know, at a at a famous tourist landmark in Europe or even a street shot. That just, you know, this, this, the streets are narrow in a lot of places in Europe, as you know. And, you know, a lot of times you see the photo and it's like, hey, that's not the U.S. <laughs> Where is that? So, so yeah, I mean, I'm all for, and that's something I try to tell editors, like, you know, you don't have to pay for me to go to Europe. I'm, I'm paying for the trip myself. Um, but if you want to, you know, I need to be compensated. I'm not going to do stories for free. But um, again, thanks to the editors at those alumni magazines and newspapers that saw the value in, in this type of story. And and what um, you know, I I was I was doing a recent interview with um, with someone who covers uh, a, a league in 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 the USA, but uh, lived in 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 um, in Europe for for a couple of years and. Um, how how do you think that you know you look at uh, Jokic and you look at uh, Doncic and you look at uh, Ante Combo and um, and you know even guys like Embiid you know you look at the international you know let's say dominance you know or definitely you know becoming a you know bigger bigger part of 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 the you know the the talking point uh, that is the NBA. Um, how, how much do you think that European basketball, let's kind of stick with European basketball. It's not only internet in European basketball, but you know, you know, uh, you know, because most of the guys, most of the stars are coming from Europe. Um, what do you, what do you think about the, let's say appreciation, the change of appreciation, change of understanding, whatever. Um, and, and I mean, you've been doing this for, for, for a while. Uh, that's kind of come, that, that's kind of come through and uh, in the public eye. Yeah, and, um, in, and in America. That, sorry to finish it. Just in yeah. America. Yeah. Um. So I think, and you've pro- you've certainly seen this. You know, say the U.S. national team. Let's say men 
Um, you know, we all know about the dream team and all that, how it got started and how that made an influence on basketball around the world. But, you know, all these, uh, compet whether it's the Olympics or, or um, you know, national competitions where the USA gets beat and like, you know, like people are, you know, again, I'm picking on radio pundits in the, in the US, like, well, how can the Americans get beat in basketball? <laughs> like, well, uh, they, they play basketball pretty well in other countries, too. Um, so, yeah, so, and, and you've heard Americans say this, you know, that that dream team got things started and then other European, you know, Europeans around the world caught up, not caught up, but, you know, because of that, they were um, motivated and, and basketball is such a great game, uh, you know, with five players on the court, the, the, the cohesion, and we see this in the U.S., you know, uh, in college, the, the, the senior laden teams, um, those guys have been playing together for four years. Um, there's so many one and dones now. I mean, I got to cover Richmond in the Atlantic 10 tournament in March. Um, they were like the sixth seed and, and they had a Cinderella, Cinderella run um, and won the Atlantic 10, got an automatic bid. They had like five or six seniors on that team. So um, and I think you see this in EuroLeague games. It's, it's more about teamwork. Um, not a lot of one-on-one standing around, whereas in, in Europe, you know, the limited games I saw, you know, every possession is, is intense and um, ball management and things like that. So I don't get into the nitty gritty of the differences, but it's, it's kind of easy to see when you watch NBA games that I don't watch a lot, but um, you know, I think most American guys will tell you that EuroLeague games feel like, Division One college games in the states, and I do get to cover the University of Maryland a couple of times, so it's it's interesting to see the similarities and differences between the two. And and actually, you know, one of the things that that your storytelling, um, you know, okay, there there's this there's there's the book, and so David Driver and we're talking uh, hoop dreams in in Europe, American players, American basketball players building careers overseas, um, and and one of the the sort of the foundational ideas um, uh, in the build up to the book, let's say, was also kind of writing stories for uh, articles, uh, newspapers in the in the area of these colleges or alumni magazines, um, um, and and that's Americans going overseas. Um, but you know, we're actually getting more and more internationals and this, I will say internationals because it's not only just, uh, Europeans, uh, right. but people right. from all over, uh, the world coming to colleges, uh, right. in, in the, in the United States, as someone who, who has been around the college game for a while, what kind of impact do you think that that's having on, on, uh, on the game in, in, in the United States on the college game? Yeah, really good question. And, and that's a good question. And once we got back from Hungary in, in 2006, that was something that really interested me. So if, if any time I would look at the rosters of you know Division One teams, if I saw a guy from Serbia, uh, I know I saw a guy from Serbia play for George Mason a couple of years ago. So I'd make sure to try to um, say hello to them. I mean, I might not do a story, but I would always be looking out, especially for Europeans playing college ball here. And, and what this is interesting to me is that um, – and you know, you know the club system in Europe, but you know, say you're 13 or 14 in Serbia, you you go to a club, um, and then at some point, okay, you're not NBA caliber, but then say you can come to the States and play for four years. I've found, and my wife works um in higher education at the University of Maryland, so she's had some some athletes 
from overseas. Um, you know, you almost always, they're really good students. Um, their English is really good. So they can come here and get a degree, um, you know, whether whatever it is, business. Um, then they can go back and play in Europe if they want to. Um, you know, they don't count against the, the, it used to be called, is it still called the Bosman rule? I don't know what it's called now. Um, so they don't, they don't count against the imports. They've got, they've got their degree. Um, they can go back and play in their home country if they want. Um, there's a guy who played here at American and George Mason, he's back home in Romania. Um, so yeah, they, they, and okay, they didn't make it to the NBA, but how many people do? How many people you know? do, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's only so many spots. So that's that's been fascinating to me. I mean, there's a book probably there too, you know, on, on Europeans or, or foreigners coming to the U.S. and playing college basketball. And and and, and even at the, the the Power Fives, we're seeing, you know, Gonzaga and- um, Well, Gonzaga built a, built a, yeah. built a pipeline and, and Tommy yeah. Lloyd took that to, uh, took that yeah. to Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing, and of course the pandemic has, has, you know, that's made things a little bit challenging. I've heard stories of, of Europeans who, you know, didn't get to go home for over a year to see their family because of the pandemic. So um, there, there's some good stories there. I haven't delved into it too much, but um, that would, maybe that's the, the next book for somebody out there. The next do. book, Europeans coming to America to, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to bulk up too. You know, it's one of the things that, 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 you know, you, you look at, you look at Europeans when they come out, when they, you know, before and after, you know, when you look at the, most Europeans, when they go to America and when they come back, they're a lot bigger uh, because, you know, even high schools, but colleges for sure, they put you in the weight room and, 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 mm -hmm. and really bulk you up and, 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 you know, there's advantages, disadvantages, you know, we've talked about this in the past on, on, on various shows. It's like, you know, like a Franz Wagner, he could have been playing professional basketball in Europe those two years at, at, uh, right. uh, at Michigan. Uh, yeah. but he's, but he's also playing maybe against more athletic guys in the big 10 Yeah, yeah and I got learning to see and play. learning yeah. and learning to play yeah. against, uh, you know, elite athleticism day in, day out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I got to see him play at the university of Maryland a couple of years ago. So yeah, anytime I can, uh, uh there's a European connection at, at a college game here in the States. I, I like to try to, um, make that connection if I can. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, just to kind of come back to the book and, and underlying theme, if you will, uh, of the book, you know, obviously with 18 different stories, it's, it's, it's maybe hard to, to, you know, to mm -hmm. just give one sort of underlying theme, but, you know, maybe just an idea or two that kind of, you know, if you will kind of connects them. Sure. Yeah. Really good question. I, I've always tried to ask, you know, um, the, when was the aha moment, um, for you? Um, you know, did you ever, you know, when you, did you ever dream that you would be, you know, sitting in a cafe in Paris, you know, um, you know, after practice. So I've, I've tried to ask people that, um, you know, there's, you know, for some, for some, and you, I'm sure you've seen this for, for Americans, men and women, um, for, for some of them, it's a job, you know, I need to make a living. I have, I might have a family. I, I need to go, I need to make a living and this is my job. And I, it happens to be that I had to go to Europe to do it. Um, where I found the other story is, um, and not to be stereotypical, but I think, I think for women, this is a little bit more of the case, but for men too, it's like, you know, um, I got my degree from a U.S. college. I, I want to keep playing and I want to actually 
kind of continue my education. So they might see it as, okay, I get to go to Europe for a year. I get paid to play basketball. Then I'll come back to the States and, and get quote, a real job. So I've seen both of those stories. I think they're both valid. Um, you know, there's something, there's probably a story in, in between those two, but yeah, you know, I've got to make a living and I go overseas or, okay, I'm going to go overseas for a year or two and then come back. And, and you see a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of Americans will come back and become division one assistant coaches. Um, I've, and I, and that's in the book. I talked to a lot of division one assistant coaches this past season. Those that have played overseas. Uh, one is Eric Atkins, um, point guard at Notre Dame in your neck of the woods, um, had a nice career. He's from Baltimore. Um, went overseas, had some really interesting stories about Greece. Um, several of the guys I talked to have some really interesting stories about Greece, how sometimes it takes them a little while to get paid. Um, but Eric Atkins was, a, was an assistant coach here at George Washington University this past season. So um, he was actually really helpful. I showed him the cover of the book before it came out, and he had some uh, – by the way, the cover is by Russell Mimic of Baltimore. I think he did a great job. Um, He's a longtime designer, friend of a friend, and I, I just I love the cover. Um, I tell people it's all downhill once you open the book because the, the writing is not going to be as good as the cover. But um, so anyway, yeah, those those aha moments, um, you know, um, were interesting to ask about. Sometimes you would get the same answer. Sometimes you would get different answers. But um, to me, it was always interesting, no matter who or where it was. Yeah. Did you have a favorite, uh, did you have a favorite place to experience the game? Wow. That's a great question. Um, I'll, um, I'll, I'll throw this one out and you can relate to this too, because I think we met in Serbia uh, in what, 2005. Um, you know, we were living in Seged, which is like 10 miles from the Serbian border. Um, and the first academic year we were there, I didn't go to, Serbia. But eventually I did. And um, to go to Belgrade for basketball is like, um, that's like going to the Dominican Republic for baseball. <laughs> you know, I mean, my goodness, the passion, um, the, the, the robberies, a little intense. I mean, to see, and I write about this, you know, to see armed police outside uh, Partisan Hall in Belgrade, um, that's not something we see here at, at North Carolina versus Duke, I don't think. So, um, I, yeah, once I uh, got comfortable and um, made a couple trips to Serbia on my own, I went with my family some uh, for various games. So, yeah, just I remember being at a major event in Belgrade, and I think there were scouts there from, you know, almost every NBA team. And this was in 2005 or 2006. Um, you know, it's only it's only increased since then. So it was kind of cool to, to be in to be in Belgrade for basketball. And is there a bucket list country or city that you haven't had a chance to, to get to yet that you still want to do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah. So now when we are fortunate to travel, my wife has been to a lot more European countries than I have because of her job. But um, so now I kind of, um, you know, if we are going somewhere, I like to go to a country I haven't been to. We just went to Ireland um, and there's uh, yeah, so boy, that's a good one. Um, you know, we have been to Croatia, but I didn't get to a game in Croatia. So I wouldn't have a problem going back to Croatia. And, and also, um, I, you know, I tell people, I, I don't know about you, but we love Slovenia is a hidden gem of a place. And uh, 
we tell people, Americans, if you're if you want to go somewhere off the beaten track, um, head to Slovenia. So um, it's just beautiful. And um, I did get to a, a game in Maribor many years ago. Um, so maybe getting back to Ljubljana would be would be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Zagreb with the with the whole Petrovic, Dias and Petrovic stuff is, is really a wonderful uh, a, a wonderful stop. Uh, so yeah. that's definitely uh, to be re- recommended. Sure. Um, all right. So let's, let's close off here. You let everybody know. Uh, so one more time to let everybody know Amer- um, hoop dreams in Europe, American basketball players, building careers overseas. Uh, tell everybody where they can get it uh, around the world, uh, et cetera. Uh, this is uh, use it and, 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 and to pimp the book. Yeah, well, well, thanks. That, that's always kind of awkward, but I guess I don't have an agent, so I guess I have to do that. Um, it, it is on Amazon. Um, I, I, have, I have some friends in Hungary that I've tried to get the book to. I have not heard from anybody in Europe that's ordered the book yet, but I, it is available on Amazon. Um, if you just Google David Driver, Amazon, or Amazon Hoop Dreams in Europe, it should show up. That's probably the easiest way. Um that, that you could do it. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would just suggest going the Amazon route. Um, my website is DaytonDavid.org. And uh, I have a link there for on the left-hand side for the book as well. All right. Fantastic. Uh, David Driver, uh, freelance journalist, author. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thanks you for telling us about uh, the book, Hoop Dreams in Europe, American Basketball Players Building Careers Overseas. Uh, it's always, uh, it's always, uh, nice to read about uh, um, uh, people's av- adventures overseas and, and how it helps them uh, develop as people and, and the learning lessons that they go through that also help you um, as well as a, as, as a reader uh, and I'm sure you as, as an author. Uh, so thanks again for, for coming on. Really appreciate you telling us about the book and I'm sure it was uh, really a wonderful um uh, it was really wonderful to have it in your hand say, all right. So after all those years, there it is. Yeah, it, it was, it, it feels good. It's, and, and I do appreciate the interest and uh, I, I, you certainly know much more about European basketball than I do. So I, I feel very grateful that you've had me on. So thank you so much. Thank you.